Christ, how do we do this? I talk, you talk. I talk. And then I talk. Okay. Yeah. You got a thing to start the episode with? Oh boy, do I. Holidays. Here we go. Tonight, we are thankful that you are here listening to us be thankful for the year. That's right. It's the Thanksgiving episode of Zero Credits right here on Welcome Back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Holiday Henry. And my name's Ambrosia, a.k.a. Sweet Potato Pone, a.k.a. Sweet Potato Casserole John. And together we're Henry and a bunch of dishes coming after you to discuss Thanksgiving. Coming after you to discuss the cultural zeitgeist. What do I normally say? Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Let's slow down. Let's (laughs) slow down a little bit and be thankful. Yes, now is the time of the year to be thankful for the things that happened in the year. I say while pouring a beer that might be picked up on mic. I do remember at some point in this podcast, maybe in the in recent history, our Thanksgiving episodes were actually meant for being thankful and maybe had like a clip show component at some point. No, that never happened. We've never done clip shows. I know for a fact we've never done clip shows because we've I we don't save our masters really. <laughs> the masters just go away after a while. All the masters I have all the masters of the episodes I've edited. Uh, yeah, they're on my work computer. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you, uh, you, you ever had sweet potato casserole, Henry? Yeah, that's the one where you put the marshmallows on top. Yeah, apparently this has a lot of names. Now, I've heard Ambrosia been called, described something else. Oh, is that not, am I thinking of something else? I've heard Ambrosia be like a weird potato salad but not a casserole, if you get my drift. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I, I know some people call it sweet potato pone. I've never heard of that one either. P-O-N-E. I think it's from the Caribbean. That could very well be. I've, I've never been there for Thanksgiving. Well, how did my white-ass family start calling it pone? Uh, maybe they were just mispronouncing P-W-N. Yeah, they, they they were like, oh, now it makes sense, because my dad would jump off the crates in D.E. Dust and headshot me with an AWP and said, how do you like that sweet potato pone? Yeah, now you're getting it. It's in context, you see. Yeah, only in context do we truly understand. Henry, let's have it out right now. We're fighting? 
we're fighting. Thanksgiving? Time clearly, for a fight. Clearly, I'm not like a turkey guy, you know? No, you're more of a human male. <laughs> I'm a human male and not a turkey guy. Uh, good thing those turkey guys got pardoned, though. They live a hard life. Uh, now, first of all, Thanksgiving question. Is Thanksgiving about the turkey or is it about the sides for you? Oh, for me, it's 100%. Well, it depends on where I'm eating. I'm going to be honest. If my if I'm eating with my my family, um, my direct family, the one that I was given to upon birth, uh, it's about the turkey because my dad unlocked the secret to really great turkey, and that's that you just smoke it the day before for about nine hours, keeping it all tender and moist and flavorful. Uh, but if I am elsewhere, if I'm not with my direct family, but the the family that accepted me because I married somebody, then it's about the sides because the sides have more flavor to them than the turkey does. I've I've come to find. I uh, now obviously I don't eat meat and haven't for a number of years, but for, I remember from my meat eating days that the kind of standard deviations of turkey quality are are pretty broad. Uh, so it's you, a huge spectrum of turkey quality. Like it, it is. It ranges from everything from dried pieces of rubber to the most flavorful, juiciest things you've put in your mouth uh, in November. And I mean, there was a time when I prided myself in my ability to cook meat, uh, and I found at that time turkey is actually a pretty tough thing to get right. Like really. Right. Poultry in general, there's not like a lot of fat to go around. So how do you like trap moisture in it? It's a whole thing. Uh, so with that in mind, I've always been a sides person because it's hard to fuck up the sides and you never eat those sides by themselves for the most part any other time of the year. Give me all the sides. Exactly. Yes. This is the it's the season of sides, John. Uh, this, this is the only time you can get your stuffing or your breading or your um, – there are more words that, that that really cover the same kind of dish. Dressing. Dressing. Thank you. Your stofers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there, there's some – green bean casserole seems to be a big hit. You got the mashed potatoes. Everyone seems to love those. I married into a green bean casserole family. I, we were never a green bean casserole family growing up. Our – our sides were always mashed potatoes, which were almost like a palm puree, uh, like cooked with heavy cream and whipped to be like a whipped cream texture, oh, like you got super those, soft. You got those light, fluffy, soft potatoes. Yeah, we got like, it was like palm puree, sweet potato pone, mac <laughs> and cheese, mustard greens, spinach. Corn. Oh, you guys did the greens. Okay. Oh yeah, there were a bunch of greens. Yeah, we we would always we would skip the greens growing up. We didn't do the greens. We had green bean casserole, uh, some type of sweet potato dish that would go completely untouched by most everybody there. Disgusting. <laughs> I, it's I disgusting actually... to not. I love sweet. Yeah. I eat a sweet potato every day. <laughs> this is true. This is a true fact about me. Uh, so a fun fact, yams are also come out for Thanksgiving, and I don't know if there actually is a difference. I think in what we, <laughs> the the way that we refer to 
yams versus sweet potatoes when it comes to Thanksgiving food. I don't actually think there's a difference. Okay. But a yam is a different thing from a sweet potato. It appears as though when sweet potatoes are boiled and cut up and thrown in syrup, we start calling them a yam. But there is also a tuber called a yam, which I don't think... It's not the same thing. Might be wrong. I'm not a scientist. All right. Now, I've pu- now I have pulled up a list of uh, sweet potato of sweet potatoes. No, I've pulled up a list of. Uh, oh, you got of- your Japanese purple, of course. <laughs> a list of Thanksgiving sides. Yes. I'm just going through them just to see if I missed anything. Oh, the rolls, of course. Always, you got to have your rolls. Always the rolls. Now, this is another distinction between me and my now wife is her family is a Sister Schubert's Rolls family. And uh, my family was uh, the little pale guys (laughs) that you buy in the freezer section and then heat up. No one in my family was making rolls from scratch. Now, so yeah, we, we were Pillsbury Doughboy Rolls. That's the whatever Pillsbury uh, rolls that come in the little canister that you uh-huh, know, like. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were that forever, and then you know Hawaiian King sweet rolls. I guess migrated south enough to be in our grocery stores, and uh, all of the cooking stopped because why? Why would you cook when they come pre delicious? Yeah, no, absolutely. I two big ones that I missed on my side list. Huge one for me. Non-negotiable. I don't want to eat Thanksgiving at a place that does not have this. The gross jellied corn syrup cranberry sauce. Oh, wait. The kind that comes in the can? Absolutely. If you do nothing to it, stays in the shape of the can? Oh, the only way to serve it is to take the can shape, slice a little bit off the edge so it lays flat, and lay it down in the can shape. Absolutely. Uh, that was one I missed. And mac and cheese, of course, is was right. always a, a big staple for us. This this is a big sticking point with me. Uh, because when I was growing up, mac and cheese was a part of the Thanksgiving sides. It always was. Absolutely. When I grew up, it was revealed to me, the wool pulled from my eyes. The mac and cheese was only because I was a child. What? And it would no longer be served at Thanksgiving because I was no longer a child. Oh, well, uh, that that never happened for us. It was always mac and cheese. It was usually like homemade shells and cheese or something. But it was definitely a a cousin of mac and cheese. And I still think mac and cheese is an adult Thanksgiving side dish. It absolutely should be. It gives you that little bit of yellow that you need on your mostly (laughs) brown plate. To balance out the brown plate with the perfect circle of blood red cranberry sauce. Really, (laughs) uh, at least we had some greens, I guess, but it really ties the whole plate together. Yeah, I'm I'm not seeing many. uh, I'm just seeing variations of different dishes now, Um, but I think we've covered them for the most part. Uh, I guess some people will do like a butternut squash casserole, I, whatever. Whatever. Oh, we've never had this out on the podcast. I think what? we've had this out in real life. What's up, buddy? We're uh, fighting? So a, a, a bread or cornbread-based stuffing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but which one, which one is your preference? That's a really good question. Um... 
I'm gonna. Ha- so Jamie made cornbread for her her office, and I before then I really hadn't had cornbread in a while. I think a cornbread based stuffing might be better than just plain old bread. I think that the the range is pretty wide. Like with turkey, there is a way to make a regular bread stuffing incredible but it's like days of work you have to cut up the bread that's old anyway then you have to dry it and then you have to soak it and then let it soak and then cook it it's a whole thing whereas if you just crumble up some cornbread with some onion and some celery and some stock you get delicious cornbread stuffing uh as an adult i'm I'm cornbread stuffing all the way yeah i think i'm i think well, there's less work involved with the cornbread stuffing because the cornbread's already good. Yeah, bread isn't necessary. You know what? To make stuffing, bread has to be bad already. <laughs> right. It has to. It's like banana bread, where you you have to wait for the bananas to be basically spoiled before using them. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely something that uh, grew out of necessity. Is they're like, we have all this old shitty bread. Let's make something out of it, and that became stuffing. But yeah, cornbread stuffing, way to go. The uh, Last year, we got all of our stuff from Whole Foods. And we are sponsored today by Whole Foods. Use promo code ASPARAGUSWATER for uh, $0.10 cents off your purchase. Uh, oh, and if they don't take water. it, yeah, if they don't take it, uh, just, just walk out with, just leave a dime, and then you get your $0.10 cents off. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's how it works. Yeah, it's uh, a new promotion. They're trying to collect dimes because we're phasing out the dime. We're keeping the nickel. We're phasing out the dime, though. Yeah, for for some reason, Amazon and Whole Foods is doing their own March of Dimes, but it's March 4 Dimes, and so they're collecting dimes until March. Anyway, we, got, uh, we did the order pickup at Whole Foods, and we just got a bunch of, like, half and full sheet trays of uh of thanksgiving food and uh it was more expensive uh probably wouldn't do it again but that big that big aluminum foil tray full of vegan mac and cheese really elevated that thanksgiving to a new level it's the yellow you just need that little splash of color you need the splash of color you need the pungency uh i almost think uh thanksgiving dinner could have like a gnocchi with it i don't know obviously I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. And that all we've talked about for the last 12 minutes is food. And, and there's not a lot of room for uh, experimentation on the Thanksgiving table. Like things have been done the way they've been done for like decades. And just because just because the times have changed doesn't mean the traditions ever will. Yes. If there's one time to really sit in your traditions, it's Thanksgiving. Just don't think too much about some of those traditions but please enjoy the food yeah if nothing else we we wish you a happy thanksgiving enjoy the sides it's the season of sides it's the season of sides and speaking of sides henry everyone across the country nay the globe is picking sides in uh i don't know if you know this i'm a little bit of a i'm a little bit of a events head (laughs) And whenever there's like (laughs) just general events, just whenever there's like a lot of events back to back, oh, you know, I get activated. Right, of course. 
uh, you are talking about a very specific event that is that has started this week. Yeah, of a, a, a huge game start. In fact, more games will start. I believe football's starting soon. Uh, what but it, football is starting? Football has. Fo- I mean, football will be. I don't know when football happens. We're uh, in like week eight, buddy. Oh, okay. Or week week nine. We're I've heading into been, week nine. I've just been watching baseball. Okay. Uh, anyway, the sport that's gripping the nation, Henry. Everybody knows what it is. Give it to me. I mean, I know what you want me to say. But the you're the gonna sport s- that's gripping the entire world. I know what you want me to say, but then you're going to say I'm wrong. That's right. The nation's largest rail union yesterday narrowly voted down a tentative labor contract brokered by the Biden administration, increasing the risk of an economy debilitating rail strike ahead of the winter holidays, a strike that could start as soon as December 5th, unless a new agreement is reached or Congress steps in with prevention measures. That's right, John. Up to 30% of the nation's cargo could be without transportation due to a nationwide railroad workers union strike. Now, of course, we all know, like I said, this is the sporting event that's captivating the nation, that 12 unions need to approve the contract. A number of these unions did approve the contract, but the largest union to vote against the contract, Smart Transportation Division, Rejected it, joined by a handful of smaller unions. Uh, all of the unions involved have agreed not to cross the picket line and right. to respect the fact that the uh, contract was shot down. Right. They call them the group of death, John. And to win over, to get out of this group of death, you're going to need to really negotiate better contract, uh, better terms for railroad workers. They're not. They, they started out not asking for much, if we're being honest. They just wanted the ability to not schedule their entire lives out beforehand and being able to have a little bit of flexibility in their year. It's not much to ask for, but that is one of the main sticking points that they will not budge on. Yeah, and eventually it ballooned, and then they rightfully asked for a pay increase. And uh, the contract that the Biden administration helped facilitate did broker a 24% pay increase by 2024, but it kept in place very similar, uh, uh, very similar, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, policies regarding attendance and persistent understaffing two issues which caused the strike to begin with essentially a number of uh, rail workers rail professionals couldn't take really any time off and there were extremely strict policies surrounding attendance like if you miss one day you could lose your entire job Uh, and, and a lot of those stayed in place so yes they got the pay increase i believe they should continue to strike so that they do get the things I just said. Why right. am I have such a hard time saying attendance policies, more lenient attendance policies and addressing understaffing because I think the number of rail workers in the last six years has declined by 30%. And that's not, <laughs> it's, it's not that people are learning to code. It's that the jobs are getting shittier and the pay is stagnant. 
Exactly, John. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see much movement. I, I mean, I do hope that these workers are not. One thing the media has been doing consistently is is putting pressure on the workers by changing the optics from uh, a few. Uh, you know, workers want appropriate rights for being human to these greedy workers are striking for no reason. And that's why your kids' birthday presents, Christmas presents, whatever, holiday gifts won't be here on time. I do hope they can continue to be resilient in the face of total and complete just media control by higher powers. You see it more and more every day. You got to follow the money. The money, of course, always leads back to whoever owns the media outlet, which happens to nine times out of ten be some fucking oligarch. I mean, have you ever noticed that when corporations... Excuse me. Have you ever noticed when corporations really have their back against the wall, they paint their workers or their consumers as parasites? Uh, Look at the McDonald's hot coffee scandal. For a decade... That poor old woman was considered to be a, a money-grubbing, litigation-happy parasite who just wanted some uh, Papa McDonald's money. Uh, turns out they served the coffee boiling hot, well outside of safety standards for the restaurant industry. Uh, it and, and the same has been true for unions. Look at the representation of Teamsters and members of unions in popular media over the last 40 years, they're always painted as like fat layabouts who don't do any work. Like the, the corporate messaging is so strong. It has suffused into media and we're only now with the current to a lesser extent and future generation to a greater extent, starting to pull away from the demonization of unions that really picked up in the seventies and the eighties. Yeah, we're seeing a, uh, you know, unionization, of course, is the, is the buzzword of the Christmas season uh, as Starbucks joins, uh, joins what? The movement? Not It's not really a movement, but joins uh, in solidarity with these r- railroad workers uh, by striking in a manner that I've only seen in the sitcom show Scrubs. Uh, uh, I, I don't know that I know about this. It's called a slowdown, John, and that they don't quit their jobs, but they do work as slowly as humanly possible, uh, racking up huge collections of cups uh, of drinks that are made. Not those beautiful red cups. They just sit there, John, because the people who ordered the drinks have left hours ago. I uh, I think that rocks, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, I, I thought that they were just getting that guy from succession to super glue his hand to the counter of all Starbucks's, uh, not just that one, but that's a good strategy too, man. I, I love collective action. It makes me feel so good. I mean, if I agree, you're going to love me. So I, I got to not do that because oh. it, be, it would be a collective action, right? I just <laughs> don't like the people who like collective action. Now, <laughs> this slowdown, is that the reason why it took me so long to get my toasted caramel, honey crisp, oat cream, nitro cold brew? Well, that and I also call ahead every time you go to Starbucks and tell them to take a really long time with your drink. Oh my god, I can't function if I don't have my Starbies. I can't even 
function. Do people call it Starbies? Uh, me and my wife call it. She likes she likes the Starbies. I shouldn't I shouldn't make fun of Starbies. And you know what? I love their union shops. Yeah, the union unionization of Starbucks is going to be a fun story to read about one day. I really don't know what I would do if my Baratza Encore went on strike. I don't know what that means. It's my coffee grinder. Oh, it's called a Baratza? Yeah, Baratza Encore. Is that is that too close to the word barista? Uh, I don't know. It hasn't complained about it. I feel like that's problematic, John. Oh, no. Baristo? That's a man. <laughs> Baristex? <laughs> oh, the Baristex no. culture does not appreciate you calling it Baristex, for the record. Listen, folks. Oh, F- with an X? F-O-L-X. That one makes no sense, because K-S... No sense. <laughs> I, I think it's just a cute, fun thing. I don't think people okay. actually say okay. folks, but then I think people conflate it and then get mad about it. Uh, anyway, baristex culture will not be appropriated <laughs> by my coffee grinder. So let's let's be thankful that the railroad. This is so hard for me to say. Railroad workers. Yeah, railroad workers, or you so, could say rail professionals. Let's be thankful that the rail professionals are holding out for what is due to them. They've had it really tough for a long time. And honestly, they are what's what's like a good in the body. They're like the white blood cells of the nation's transportation system. Without railroad professionals, the the infrastructure breaks down. And we can't get, um, what's that toy from Jingle All the Way? Blasto Man? Turbo Man. We can't get our Turbo Men for our children. I've never seen the movie. Oh, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's interesting that maybe 30% of that movie hinges on how we all thought it was really funny in the 90s, how postal workers were worked to the very edge of their mental capacity for so long and would often go on shooting sprees in post offices. Let's just be thankful for the postal workers. that was so funny in the 90s. Different Uh, times. Yeah. Uh, Let's just be thankful. Without the postal workers, look, the logistics of this country, let's just face it, it's fucked. It's absolutely fucked. I mean, it's, it's, it's genuinely... I mean, look at two-day shipping. Look at, look at, imagine how bad everything must be for that to be possible. Yeah, American logistics is the most messed up system. You can't really call it a system because it's all duct taped together and held together with a bunch of middleman logistics developers or, or contractors who really are abused by bigger companies that I, this is way too much to go into right now. Let's just, let's be thankful for the, that the railroad workers, they're going to get what they deserve, hopefully in the good way, not in a threatening way. And let's be thankful for postal workers because without all of these people, life as we know, it is not possible. I mean, you're not wrong. So the next time you see one of these logistics professionals, give them a salute and $5. Yeah, give them $5 of your time. Tell them a story about your day. 
Yeah, and if you're very well paid, you got to keep that story short. <laughs> you got to keep that story short. We don't want to hear about how hard it is that you had to make a million dollars today. <laughs> Here's how rich people interact with rail professionals. Here's how really rich people. Inter- God, I hate TikTok. Henry, I heard you open a beer and then pour a beer audibly on mic. Yeah, I poured it all over the mic. Uh, I, I'm doing this new thing. I've been enjoying beers this whole time, but the microphone hasn't. So mm, one for me, one for you. Yeah, no, I'm drinking out of a glass because uh, it tastes better. If I'm being honest, I mean, I agree. I don't love the experience of drinking out of a can. What are you drinking? In the spirit of the fall times, and in the spirit of so many different types of bread on the table, I am drinking. A live oak Hefeweizen because it is fall and it is the season of sides. Season of sides, baby. I am fucking up the fun bit where I continue to drink all my wedding beer by drinking a shaker bottle full of branch chain amino acids uh, because I I didn't I'm I'm trying not to drink. I had one beer yeah. over the weekend, which was nice. Uh, and that's that's kind of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm fine. I wanted to cut back on my drinking. I really did, but I found myself uh, in just a haze of uh, being myself. So, <laughs> uh, that'll do it. That'll do it. The primary cause of drinking is being oneself. We have this ice chest that we filled with beer and ice for the uh, the fire party we had a couple of weeks ago, and we were just keeping it outside because it was cold enough. Uh, so I've just I've been drinking out of that every so often, just because I don't, it's there. It's yeah, I there. To, I'm making bad decisions. My house is full of beer, and as a a beer lover, and don't get me wrong, I'm not uh, demonizing alcohol consumption. And in fact, I think if you have a drink like a couple times a week, the preponderance of scientific evidence shows that that doesn't really have any huge negative long term impacts to one's life. Uh, I'm just trying to, to regulate a little bit, you know, nothing's off the table. I had a recalcitrant dock hand over the weekend. I can drink occasionally. I believe in you. I just need to drink all these branch chain amino acids to get strong. Get strong. Then you can lift more beers. Lift more. <laughs> I'm actually uh, training to be a competitive Stein hoister. Oh, man. Steins are heavy. So, yeah, drink up those branch chain amino acids. Have, uh, you know what? Oktoberfest has passed. I won't I won't relitigate the past because it's the season of sides. One might even say the season of offsides. What's that? Do you hear the, the faint sound of crowds of different nationalities cheering for multiple teams? Wait, no, wait, sorry. That's the sound of railroad workers picketing. <laughs> That's right. It's it's the World Cup. It's the World Cup, John. The World Cup is here. The World Cup is here, finally. And I'm in a position where I uh, am interested in watching the World Cup again ever since that one time in like 2015. No. 2014 something the world Uh, cup was a big deal it's a big deal every time it happens and this is the first time it's happening since covid existed still exists i don't know what to tell you 
Uh, and uh, boy, boy, is a lot happening with this World Cup, John. That's right. The World Cup this time is taking place, I believe, for the first time in Qatar. Uh, yes. G- the first Qatar. time in Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. I can't from my under Qatar. from my understanding, the the last syllable is like ter or and then the Q is pronounced kind of between a K and a G. So Qatar? Qatar? Either way, it's the first time in the Middle East. Yes, and it has been uh, you know what? Let's just get the match highlights out of Let's the way. Let's do a preamble. Let's do a preamble. Everyone is here, John. Everyone that you want to be in is here. Uruguay, the Korea Republic, Cameroon, Switzerland, Morocco, all of the fan favorites, Wales. <laughs> Wales, the dragon one. The dragon one, Yes. We got Australia facing off against Tunisia. We got Poland punching Mexico. Germany and Japan meet again for that fateful decision on the battlefield. Ecuador is going to kick Senegal in the face. This is the World Cup. It brings us all together in the fires of competition to be weirdly nationalistic in a way that's kind of accepted by everyone. The only match that I watched is the U.S. match, but I've found a way to pirate it, <laughs> so I will probably watch additional matches, I thought, before we get into the kind of macro environment surrounding the World Cup. You and I might do a fun little thing and pick a team. Oh, John. Boy. Boy, John. I, I I don't know if I've ever talked about this in the podcast before because there's only been one World Cup in the history of our podcast. Uh, but my family randomly draws lots for teams. So a team has already been assigned to myself. Oh, which team? Uh, that team of the Rising Sun, John. Japan is going to win this entire thing. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. Just because well, I it, don't, I don't, I I don't think they're gonna win, probably. Oh, but if they did, wouldn't that be great? Uh, alternatively, my dog Deli got assigned Argentina, who was. Oh well, served. that's even that's not fair. That's hedging your Japan bet. Well, they were assigned it. My dog was assigned it randomly, but Argentina was upset today in a stunning loss to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> to Saudi Arabia, yeah. I I don't think that they were considered to be major contenders. It's a sleeper win for sure. When I say big upset, I'm not talking about my personal feelings. I'm talking about the <laughs> fact that Saudi Arabia has has beaten a team that has previously gone several rounds into the into the tournament. This stands to be Saudi Arabia is is in a favorable position. In the first round of the first round, John. I mean, the the only game that I watched was an interesting one. USA, a lot of possession, really looked like they were going to win until like, what, minute 84? Uh, they tied Wales, correct? Yeah, they tied Wales. Like that's not- still one point. So that's still yeah. pretty good. It's, it's still better good. than zero. Yeah, but in America, we only care about winners. Uh, considering you are... Japan. Consider your Japan. I'm going to pick randomly which team 
I I will root for for the remainder of the World Cup. Okay, here we go. And oh well, that's not fun. It's Brazil. <laughs> let me no. do, let me do that again. Yeah, pick a pick let, a good one. Let me do that again. Hold on, hold on, and okay, Viva la Mexico! Oh, Mexico! Mexico's got a good team. They do. Uh, Mexico, and they've been improving time and time again. I think. I think they might have won Concacaf recently. <laughs> Did you sneeze? <laughs> no. Uh, Concacaf is, of course, the uh, the the conference that includes North America, South America, and Central America um, national teams. Oh, and the Caribbeans. I'm sorry for leaving you out. And apparently not South America. I spoke too soon. <laughs> okay, um, corrections. But yeah, I think Mexico has has won a couple of. Uh, nope, sorry. It was the United States. We won Concacaf. Yes, Me- Mexico has won eight times. We have won seven times. Ooh, close contenders. Big rivalry there in CONCACAF. Uh, But Mexico, good team. Uh, Solid football players on the team. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. But please know, Japan is going to take it all. I uh, now have a reason to tune into the Mexico games, the Japan games, and the U.S. games. And of course, in the background, the team I always root for, Germany. Oh, Germany. Very good teams. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I kind of wish life was more like an anime sometimes, because you would know the German team would show up all like holding steins that they would drink during the match to power up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But instead, the grim reality is uh, the World Cup is surrounded by controversy this year <laughs> for some reason. I can't figure out what about the World Cup, its governing body. <laughs> Or the location of the World Cup this year could cause contra- controversy. Now, uh, I, me either, uh, to respond directly to you. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of the things that are going on. But I do want to stress some things that I learned that were surprising. Uh-huh. Uh, namely, one, the first thing, uh, let's say... Uh, Qatar, right? Yeah, that Qatar. Seems, that seems to be right. I hope I, I I as much as I don't like what's going on, I do not want to to disparage a peoples. You know, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to a culture. But Qatar, I want you to understand, is smaller than the state of Connecticut. Really, it is. It is. It is very small, <laughs> and and they had to build. Nine, eight or nine stadiums that did not exist, you know, like four years ago in order to host this. And they built it by, they built it through really nefarious means. I mean, that's, that's true of a lot of sporting events like the Olympics, but please go on. Uh, So a lot of migrant workers from India, Bangladesh, and one other country uh, were hired through agencies in their home countries and then shipped over to Qatar to build these uh, these stadiums and through a system that I can't remember the name of, uh, but basically translates 
loosely to like indentured servitude. Oh boy. Uh, That's that's not what you want to hear. Right. They couldn't quit or change jobs without the approval of their home office back in their home country. And to police this, upon entering the country, their passports were confiscated. So they had no recourse to leave. Oh boy. A lot of them were housed in these worker camps, uh, which is never, it's never, that phrase is never good. No. (laughs) Usually when you're putting anyone in a camp that's not a summer camp, it's not a good story. Right. Uh, They were housed in just abysmal housing, uh, sometimes with thousands of people sharing two communal bathrooms uh, that had no showers, uh, so people were filling buckets of water to bathe in the toilets. It, 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 it's a real bummer. <laughs> okay, so maybe possibly could be described as uh, built using slave labor. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. I didn't want to say it, but now that you've interpreted what I've said could, in that manner. One could say... One could, and a lot of a lot of these migrant workers uh, did go unpaid because of after the the uh, the job was done, they were simply kicked out without payment. And uh, I, I do want to state, Qatar is one of the richest fucking countries on the planet. Now, to put this in perspective, everybody knows how rich Connecticut is and how small Connecticut is. Like, that's a huge concentration of the wealth of the Northeast in their little, like, A-frame houses uh, in Connecticut. Imagine that. Imagine Connecticut, but smaller and a hundred times richer. Right. Right. Um, And also, like... So when Qatar won the bid, a lot of people were like, well, that makes no sense. The heat in the summer would be really bad for the athletes. Uh, so FIFA and their, their, their genius idea were like, all right, that's, we'll push it to the fall. It'll be less cool. Well, that's all well and good until you realize that these stadiums were built in the summers of yeah. the years. The, like, uh, the players will be nice and cool. Yeah. The indentured servants, maybe not. Maybe not. And uh, just thousands of people died constructing these these admittedly very beautiful looking stadiums. It's... I don't want to. I don't. I've been accused by my family of bringing class warfare into everything lately. But this is class warfare. I mean, it sounds like a ruling class is killing a lower class. So that seems like class warfare to me. Yeah. And this all happened before the nations, the nations. This all happened before the world's eye was on the the goings on and the proceedings. Uh, Even more fun stuff. And that's in quotes because nothing's fun. Happened just the week before the game started, John. I mean, I think it's important to also maybe take a look into the uh, maybe the prevailing ideology in Gutter. You know, male guardianship laws, uh, all forms of sex outside of marriage are punishable by up to seven to ten years in prison with stoning and flogging if you're a woman. Uh, you know, just, just cool stuff. 
Right. Uh, just, just real cool stuff and a real cool climate that so glad that they got to host the biggest sporting event in the world. We're going to get to some of that a little bit later. Um, but first we got to make fun of some companies or just one company really. Okay. I love to make fun of companies. Yeah, so going into the World Cup, a little American beer company by the name of Budweiser paid an absurdly amount of money to become the official beer sponsor of the World Cup. Uh-huh. Gotta now love this, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. Right, right. This happened in, in the face of this being a global event filled with cultures that ostensibly have way better beer than Budweiser where they come from. Uh-huh. But of course, the West, the prevailing kings of culture that we are, we have to put our stamp on every little event that happens. And uh, in this case, it was Budweiser becoming the official sponsor. Now, this was done under the idea that Budweiser would, of course, recoup a lot of that cost by being able to sell beer at the games and, you know, make their money back from paying to become the sponsor, correct? Yeah, there there was some... Uh, there was some article called like the most expensive lunch in sports. And it was, uh, talking about the price of like a beer and a meal at the world cup stadium costing the equivalent of like 30 or $40. Right. Uh, so a week before the games were set to start, uh, the Qatari government made an announcement that no beer would be sold in the stadiums. Amazing. Bet Budweiser is very happy about that. Uh, Budweiser went to Twitter and just tweeted out, well, this is awkward. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they had contracts saying that they could sell beer at the World Cup. The loophole that the government used was, yes, no, you can still sell at a designated zone that's like, you know, outside of the stadium, away from the World Cup, you can still sell your beer if you want. If people walk six miles. In the heat. <laughs> yeah, if people walk six miles in the heat, they can get a beer. Right. Um, so that's just a little fun thing. That might be a little bit, bit of a precursor to some of the things we're about to talk about. Um, there were more red flags, really. A, a Danish war correspondent who happened to get an easy gig covering the World Cup was just filming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really, they, they really threw that person a bone be like, you know, are you sick of war? <laughs> well, they, they sent him, I guess because he had, he had experience being in war zones, so they sent him to cover the World Cup, and while he was being interviewed on Danish television live, uh, an, a news anchor man in a studio asked him, you know, how are the, the conditions there? How, how are the working conditions there? And before he can answer, a Qatari, like, security team rolls up in a golf cart and tries to stop them from filming. Amazing. Great. It's like, it's like they have the opposite of a permissive society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to the point that they were threatening to destroy the camera that the cameraman was holding. <laughs> and the entire time, the Danish war correspondent is just like narrating everything that's happening 
to the point where he's like, you just asked this question. Does this answer your question? (laughs) Amazing. You know, maybe that person was surprisingly well suited for that interaction. Well, you're not going to send your culture person, (laughs) you you know, you're, 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 you're not going to send your entertainment correspondent there. That's for sure. Yeah. You send your war correspondent because they're like, I, uh, I, I know about moving through oppressive regimes a little bit. Right. Um, and all of this of course leads up to just the baffling, you got the globe's eye on you, Qatar. You've got everyone's attention. And the baffling move they keep making is that they have banned all rainbow everything. Yes, they have banned all rainbow everything. Now, keep in mind, uh, this is... So, team captains uh, in the World Cup uh, were going to wear a one-love armband right, in solidarity with LGBT plus... Right. Causes, and uh, apparently FIFA told them not to wear it. So here's the really not surprising, but at the same time surprising thing. There were a lot of concerns by people when Qatar won the World Cup. They're like, all right, is it okay for us to go? Where do I can I bring my children? This seems we we know the rumors. We we we've heard. We know the society. We know their ideologies. We know all of these things. FIFA, is it okay for us to do this? And FIFA said yes. yes. In fact, to the to, as to, a matter of fact, we're gonna lean into it. We're leaning into it. We're going to encourage the captains of all the national teams to wear this armband that says "One Love" with a rainbow design. We're on board. We support you. And then the day before the game started, they sent out a memo to all the teams saying, "Maybe don't wear the armband." <laughs> when they arrived, FIFA sent an email being like, uh, "Actually, we have a rule against political clothing, so maybe don't wear it." And also, we made this decision ourselves, right? And uh, and no one is is threatening to take millions of dollars away from us for uh, even showing the symbol of a sexual identity that uh, our host country uh, considers to be illegal and punishable by death. Yes. Uh, So all LGBTQIA plus paraphernalia, which translates to everything with a rainbow on it, has been banned to that to the to the extent that um, ticket holders who are trying to enter the stadiums to watch their teams play have they they have been told you cannot wear that shirt you must leave and change and come back. Uh, there are a ton of people filming themselves being told this with looks of utter confusion on their face, as if. As if they didn't understand where they were. I mean, as if they weren't, as as if there was no warning that this was going to be the case. I mean, uh, props to those people for like wearing it anyway. Uh, And and if nothing else, this really puts a spotlight on how 
oppressive certain prevailing ideologies are in that country, uh, which is great. But I mean, it's not just people being turned away. People are being detained. Yeah. For the, there's a, a journalist. And I don't have the story in front of me, but a journalist, an international journalist was wearing a rainbow shirt, got detained. Uh, someone's spouse was wearing a rainbow bucket hat, was detained. Both of these people, I believe, have been released. But I mean, they're this is not the same thing at all, but there were like some fans that were like flashing their breasts for pictures. Those people have been detained and no one has really heard about those people. Someone on Twitter was just like, I saw these girls do this. And then a bunch of people rushed up and detained them. Uh, so I hope they're okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm not seeing many stories of detaining, but uh, hopefully the people are being released. Hopefully we're not getting a, uh, I forget her name and I shouldn't, but the, the basketball Bethany player Griner. in Russia. Bethany Griner. Thank you. Hopefully we're not getting more of that situation because yeah, that's from, just fucked up. The, the two instances where I credibly heard about people being detained, they've been released, uh, but they were also, you know, the spouse of a player and a journalist. So I don't know what's happening to the regular individuals who happen to uh, proudly display the symbol of a very valid identity. Right. Uh, So I'm about to send in the the chat for, uh, I'm about to send you just a a random flag of a state in Brazil. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I see that. I see. I see that flag. So this is the state of. I'm going to try my best here. Uh, Pernambuco, Pernambuco, a state in Brazil whose flag features a, a a blue sky over a white field. The white field is adorned with a red cross, and the blue sky has a star and a sun sandwiching a. It's not quite a rainbow, but an arc of red yellow and green yeah a kind a kind of a rainbow a kind of a rainbow this is the official state flag of Pern, uh, pernambuco and uh authorities of qatar confiscated the flags Amazing. of people trying to represent their state <laughs> of brazil at the world cup it's mm. it's not like these people have the the most uh, rabid, numerous fans of any country <laughs> when it comes to football. Right. Uh, I, I, so silly. Very silly. Time and time again, the official FIFA organization, the president, whose name I do not care to fucking remember because he's not a good representative – uh, has said time and time again that the World Cup is an event that brings us all together. It's an event that that we shed aside our differences for the the sake of the game, the sake of team sports, and all of the actions of the country they picked, the winning bid for to host it, is showing that that is not true. Yeah, this is... Uh... I don't know that I would say that this World Cup feels like it's really bringing anybody together. Everyone seems pretty upset, uh, not just 
at the host country, but in some cases their own countries for horrible human rights abuses that are happening. Uh, good on the Iranian players for not singing the national anthem in protest. Uh, quite happy about that. Yeah, that was so. So it, it, honestly, it's not fair. Maybe it's a little fair. They have a platform, but it, it's kind of on the uh, the athletes to rise to the occasion and, and like do what the officials won't do. Like this, you got a chance. Be, you know, use your platform for good. Don't sing the national anthem. That's great. Really weird take from Ben Shapiro that what they did was brave, but apparently kneeling for our national anthem was cowardly. Really weird. Interesting. (laughs) I wonder, I wonder what's different. Yeah. mm, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what's at play here. But. For the next month, the world is paying attention to this tournament. The actions of on every side, on of every facet, are under the microscope. Let's try to get some good out of this, I guess, because it's a shitty fucking situation. I mean, I'm not... I'm not saying that every athlete has to be a Colin Kaepernick or a Tommy Smith or a John Carlos. Actually, I am saying that every athlete has a responsibility to be a Colin Kaepernick, a Tommy Smith, or a John Carlos. You have a platform and a skill set that enables you to speak out with your actions. Uh, you should probably wear that armband because you know what all soccer, pl- all football players football viewers and the world as a whole can agree on fuck fifa nobody likes fifa i think the world would be in your corner if you defied fifa's orders exactly for real it's they're just a they're they're a shitty organization that is just corrupt as hell and all this like who's gonna win the bid for the host in the world cup really just comes down to who's going to bribe me the most. Yeah, like I said, this is the worst thing since the the Saudi Arabia WrestleMania. But I'm just saying, like, if you're an athlete, there is no shut up and dribble. Like, if there is something that you believe, listen, man, life is really short and you only get one of them (laughs) in my personal belief system. So, like, if you've got a get a platform you should use it for something especially if you're playing in the most contentious world cup in the most regressive oppressive regime not the most but it's bad right like can't can't you do something like you you owe it more to people to do more than play a game which is what you can still do even if you protest. Yeah, you've got you've got the world's attention. And you know, you're playing a game, so I guess you can't you can't pick up the ball of your hands and start pontificating of the ethical ramifications of the treatment of people based on gender or sexual preference. I get that. But you can do like what the Iranian team did and just not sing your national anthem. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. Wear that armband. Make your own armband. You just, I don't know. It's easy for us to say because we'll never have a platform on right. the same level as like a, 
something ring, whatever the guy on the USA team is. I don't know players. Also, we're not making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like, it's very easy to armchair, you know, say this stuff. But I will say, look, one of the most popular soccer celebrations for scoring a goal is to whip that shirt off and run around. Who's to stop you from writing a manifesto on your back so that when you score a goal, you whip that shirt off and the camera's got no choice but to capture that manifesto? I'm saying there's options. There's options. And then you get to play the second half of the game against uh, armed guards in golf carts. And that's really more exciting. (laughs) It's much more exciting. No, I, I think uh, I mean I'm I'm terrified of guns, so I, I can't make that joke. I, armed guards, I, I, I the shirt's back on, officer. I'm sorry. I mean, nobody wants to get shot. It, it just doesn't seem like a fun activity for the whole family. If you catch my drift, I just I don't know. Is is this a country where a player could just disappear if they did something? Like, is that is that implicit? Is that the threat? With, with, with the nation's eye, the nation's, I keep doing that, with the world's eyes on them, I don't think during the games it's possible. I think as soon as, like, teams are eliminated, it could be more possible. <laughs> Get very eliminated. Just, you know, oh, your team's been eliminated. Also, your goalie disappeared. That's strange. He didn't make it back to the locker room. He oh, was so weird. sad. He was so sad that you got eliminated that he shot himself twice in the chest and once in the head and yeah. dumped his own body in a gutter. It's weird. His, and, you know, he did all that with his hands bound. It's just, oh, you know. <laughs> Those goalies we, do amazing things with their feet, honestly. It's it's amazing. We can't, we can't disparage the dead. So <laughs> you, it's best to leave it. We're the Qatari government. <laughs> and uh, don't be gay. Goodbye. Sorry. One of the worst takes I've seen in the face of all of this was somebody on Twitter saying, well, look, listen, you can't just force your Western ideals on us. They're not universal. Your Western ideals ideals aren't universal. You got to respect your culture. And it's like, you're actively saying people shouldn't exist. I feel like that infringes on everybody's ideals. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was a, a big groundswell of very similar sentiment in like the early 2000s. Like when we were just learning to be accepting of people, there was this kind of radical acceptance movement of all ideologies are sacrosanct and worthy of respect and understanding. And yeah, I think all ideologies are worth understanding. You should never write someone off for their beliefs. But I also think uh, that everyone should feel the way I do, which is if someone has a strongly held belief that leads directly to them hurting innocent people, then you should probably try to convince them in some way to stop. Right. I mean, beliefs are fine as uh, 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 as long as nobody gets hurt in the process, you know? Like, a- as soon as somebody is brought harm in any way, shape, or form, be it physical, mental, or otherwise, we get their intervention should be the the 
the the move, you know? It's it's like you know, hate speech isn't protected by our First Amendment or whatever. It's it's the same principle. Like harm to others should never be protected in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, if if your ideology incentivizes you to be cruel to innocent people, I'm sorry you broke the contract, and people should treat your beliefs as incorrect. Right. It's they, not a they matter. They should treat them as important. And they should understand those beliefs and where they came from, but they do not have to respect them. Right. It's not a matter of East versus West or or, or different cultures clashing. It's a matter of, well, ultimately we should agree there's basic human rights that every human should be entitled to. And we're expanding that to include, look, different genders and sexual preferences are protected classes everywhere. And I'm, now you, from there you can expand your, your cultural differences. But let's just agree that people shouldn't die just because they were born a certain way. Yeah, we should treat, we should treat people with respect, not necessarily beliefs. And, and there's, a, there's a breed of this kind of thinking where people will argue like, oh, well, you know, you were brought up in the Western world with a certain... A uh, level of nurture and a certain like social group that you think being gay is okay, but if you had different circumstances, you'd think it's not. So who's right? I'm like, well, what you're saying by arguing that is you're saying, well, it's possible that being gay is evil and worthy of death. Have you, have you considered that? No, as a matter of fact, I have not. Uh, and right. I, I think it. I think it's silly to devil's advocate to play devil's advocate for ideologies that hurt people. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think it's cool. That's probably not like an earth shattering stance to take, but man, it sucks. It really does. And just the fact that they won the bid for this global attention, and this is what they're choosing to do with it is just to me, honestly, like, it's an L for them, you know? They, they they thought they were bringing all this, this, I don't know. I don't know what the intention is. I, I guess they thought they were just bringing awareness of their country. But what they're showing is, is oh, you are backwards. You, you are, you, you are, you're not progressive. You're stuck in a, a time period that we should all move on forward from with the most of haste. I, I did just remember something about FIFA's ruling on the one love armbands, and it's actually pretty insidious. And it is, you can wear the armbands, but you will get an automatic yellow card. Yes, uh, that's so, what it was. So essentially, at least in football, it's a fine and it's on the individual, but like an automatic yellow card can like fuck up your team mechanistically on during the world's largest sporting event and, and potentially bring shame to your country. Right. Uh, uh, to explain. Fines the, are better. Right. Fines are better, but to explain the ramifications for uh, the layman or for those not in the know. Uh, so uh, two yellow cards equals a red card. Uh, a red card is ejection from the game and then a suspension for like the next game. Mm-hmm. So if everybody, if the captain starts with an automatic yellow, it takes just one more yellow, which can be 
usually it's used as a warning. Um, but it's just one more yellow, and then your captain is out of the game, and you have to play a man down for the rest of that game. Yeah, and your captain can't be in the game in the ne- in the next game. Like so, like these these are huge ramifications for what should be a, a non issue. It makes no sense. It's like penalizing a, a football team for players who kneel by like moving. I don't know, giving like 20 yards after the kickoff to the opposing team. I mean, it's especially insidious because by making that ruling, they're essentially saying that your actions and your beliefs that do not have an impact on the game are part of the game. It's, it's the shut up and dribble ruling, honestly. Right. No, yeah, it's that in a, codified in the rules of the game it's like yeah you could take us you're gonna be penalized in game for your out of game beliefs yeah do you want to disappoint thousands of children and millions of people (laughs) hey listen i'm i'm not saying roger goodell's right but fines are the way to go because then it's just up to individual choice Right. Yeah. And I'm sure people would gladly pay the fines to wear the armband because, I mean, money is one thing, but using your platform for the social good of everyone, that's, that's, there's your MasterCard commercial. There's your MasterCard commercial, baby. It's priceless. That's the punchline I didn't say. Uh, I think all of this to say fuck FIFA. And I'm not going to say fuck the World Cup host country of Guter, but. You're on notice. What are we going to do? Put them on notice. We just did, I guess. You know what? I'm done playing games. I'm going to say, Gator, if you continue your myriad human rights abuses, your restrictive male guardianship laws, your stoning and flogging of women for uh, making their own life choices, if you keep this up, Automatic yellow card. Automatic yellow card. And if you get another one... Uh, <laughs> you're, we, you're rejected from the earth and people have to play yeah. without you. Look, you're a small country. It wouldn't take much to eject you from the earth. You're like a weird thumbnail on the... I don't know what you're connected to. But you're like a little weird pe- peninsula in the Middle East. We could We could easily find a way to eject you. We can eject you and sub in Connecticut for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that that's not really a thing that happens in football, but yeah, we can sub in Connecticut for you. Right, right. Well, you get three substitutions a match. But I, I do, I yeah, I would love to see the waspy Connecticut socialites <laughs> relocated <laughs> to one of the hottest places on the earth. The 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 host country for the World Cup twenty twenty six is uh connecticut connecticut the the country of connecticut yeah the country of connecticut well you heard it here first folks 2026 connecticut world cup baby world cups every four years right it is yeah nailed it god i'm such a goddamn events head you really are you're a real head i fucking love the events man but you know fuck fifa get it together I, for one, am thankful we get this opportunity to say, fuck you, FIFA. <laughs> fuck you, FIFA. But also, I'm going to keep tuning into the World Cup and stealing it because I don't want to give FIFA 
or Fox money. <laughs> right. I mean, well, wait, is it the it's Fox in name? I don't know if Murdoch owns the sports stuff. I don't know if he owns Fox Sports. I Maybe forget. that's Moopert Rordock. Huh? Or Disney. Oh no, it's Disney. Uh and or yeah, it's Bob Iger. He's back, baby. He's going to destroy the world. <laughs> Finally, Bob Iger's back. They took the hands out of the algorithm. I'm confused by people who are happy that a CEO who was used to be in power is back. Cause, I like, really don't get it. What happened they're, to New Blood? They're like, they're going to bring back the old Disney. I'm like, there's, there's no... There's nothing good about that. <laughs> also, a CEO isn't the one who brings back anything. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm see, lost in the sauce CEOs on that do one. Nothing. Anyway, fuck FIFA. Fuck FIFA. FIFA. And the, this is what we're thankful for. This that we're thankful for sides in the season of sides. Season of sides. We're thankful for railway workers and all striker stri- strikers. All strikers. Keep striking. <laughs> stick it to them. Get what you're worth. We are thankful for you. And we were thankful for an opportunity to raise the middle finger to FIFA because, honestly, fuck them. That's right. It's the season of sides, the season of rail, and the season of fuck FIFA. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm really thankful for all three of those things. See, we did make it an episode where we ended up being thankful for things. Oh, we were going to do that regardless of what we talked about, baby. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I, I bet I, FIFA doesn't even like macaroni and cheese as a side. I bet they like quail eggs in, like, veal sausage. But they like some stupid rich person shit. Probably. Anyway, enough FIFA, Henry. Yes. And I, think... I, I don't know about you, John. I think we're both doing the same thing. <laughs> I. You want to do it at the same time? I'll I'll do my lead in. You we do were your doing lead different, in. I feel like we were doing different takes. I was okay. You you do yours. I'll do mine right after because that's that's gonna be coherent. Yeah, I think Henry. Now that we've firmly established what we're thankful for, we should let our listeners go out into the world and be thankful for things themselves. All right, that's good. You want to hear mine? Uh, of course. Oh, boy, am I stuffed of all the things I'm thankful for. I couldn't eat another bite of those season asides. I just, I think it's time to let our listeners, oh, they should, they've watched us eat for an hour plus. It's time for them to get their plates and fill up on things that they're thankful for, John. Wow. Okay. You definitely went in a direction, and I am going to ask that you do the social media reads keeping the same, like, <laughs> overall deal and joke going on. I mean, I, yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah, just lean into the stuffed. Also, all this is staying in. Lean into the stuffedness. All right. Oh, man. Oh, d- save room on your plate, because, boy, there's a lot of good things. Oh, they're all pushing on my ribs right now, because I'm so full. Of the food. I sound like I've never eaten a day in my life. <laughs> sound like an alien. <laughs> if you want to fill up your plate, boy, do I have a double serving of things for you. Because uh, John didn't know this, but this happened. 
because uh, you can find us on a multitude of sites now under the handle ZCPCWHJ. And I believe John knows what that stands for. That's right. Gutter's penal code punishes consensual sexual relations between men above age 16 with up to seven years in prison. Uh, It also provides penalties of between one and three years for any male who instigates or entices another male to commit an act of sodomy or immorality. Why? Why above 16? Is that why do they specifically say you have to be above Sixth, anyway, that's what that stands for. That's right, John. That's ZCPCWHJ on Twitter and Hive Social. Dot dot com, because one of them is just an app. Uh, you can find us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter and Hive Social. Any questions about Hive Social, John? Uh, no, I am downloading the app now, I guess. You can if you want. I mean, it's it, it it's it's a two-person team, which is really commendable. And uh, their app is exploding, so it runs a little slowly. Please bear with them in this time of new development. Uh, they seem to be the most solid Twitter clone on the market right now. Hell uh, yeah, but- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back on Twitter, a.k.a. Hive. There you go. Uh, we're also are available by email. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh man, if you if you've not filled up on the Twitter and the Hive social, oh boy. We have a whole email course. It's email at zerocredits.net and it is delicious, but I could not eat another bite. Send us your recipes, your side opinions. We will have room for them later. Uh, we're also serving up a couple of dishes. I can't even. Oh god, I can't even think about them. I'm so stuffed. I got all this food in me. It's like in my area where the food goes after you you eat it. Oh, it's just it's like piles of rocks in me. You know, like so many rocks. Oh god, we're on a number of different uh, offerings of apps. And listening places like Google Apps, wait, what? Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you could leave like a rating and a review of how stuffed you are after listening to our episodes, that would be great. Oh, but the most important thing is you, you just spent so much time shoving food in your mouth. It's time to get some words out of your mouth. Uh, tell a dinner guest that our podcast is more filling than a Thanksgiving feast. Tell your your server at a restaurant uh, that we're we're a great podcast. <laughs> Tell the chef, send the chef compliments and a podcast recommendation to listen to us. Uh, word of mouth is the only way. Oh man, I'm falling asleep. All the food I'm digesting can't even get through the sentence because I'm so I'm done eating because I'm done. E- word of mouth is the only way we can survive. And I would like to add that uh, everyone out there, after listening to this podcast, should go out and enjoy your Thanksgiving, which was yesterday. <laughs> God damn it! I forgot forgot about that. Fact. Every anyway, you should well, actually, have enjoyed. Yeah, you should yeah. have enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Um, 
if this episode is indeed posted on Friday, but you should continue to foster relations with those you love. Because, of course, as Charles Bukowski once said, love is a big fat turkey and every day is Thanksgiving. Nice. And from every <laughs> and from everyone here at the Zero Credits Stadium, no, I don't like that joke. Stadium <laughs> built by uh, horribly no, like, mistreated migrant workers? No, it was a bad joke. From everyone here at the Zero Credits picket line, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. More wages, less work. <laughs> More wages, <laughs> less work. Goodbye. Goodbye. This episode's going out tomorrow, John. It's going out tomorrow, John. Cool. Yeah, because I'm not going to have access to a computer oh, come Friday. Yeah, okay. So, well, yeah. you know, you can you can keep the Friday thing in. Or people can listen to this hot little morsel and learn in real time how I learned that the episode is coming out not on Friday, but on Wednesday. You said that really weird. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't I? <laughs>